What's up and welcome to Wait Hold Up Podcast with Jessica Molina and Yarel Ramos. Each week, tune in as we have unfiltered conversations about careers, relationships, wellness, feminism, and of course, we'll often be joined by guests you either know or should know who will share their humor, knowledge, and their very own Wait Hold Up moments with us. Here at Wait Hold Up, we want you to feel like you found your crew, your girls who you can do life with. Listen, it's a crazy world out there and we can all use some help in our efforts to live our best lives. We don't have all the answers, but we're down to figure it out together. Thanks for listening. Here's our latest episode of Wait, Hold Up. What's happening? What's up? And welcome back to Wait Hold Up. I'm right. Jessica. I'm Yarel. And welcome to the show. Today, whew, today we got one. It's a good one. That, that It's a good one. We all need. Yes, we for sure. We all need. Um, but before we get into it, Yarel, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm like on a diet right now or so, somewhat what of a diet. I know, right? What is, I don't even know. Um, I've, I've just been trying to watch what I what, what I'm eating. I feel like uh, I gained a few pounds over the holidays. I mean, you know, I just yeah. only want a drunk in the trunk. Um, and I've been going back to like my regimen, like my working out regimen, like crazy. And then just you know being being mindful of like you know I feel like during the holidays sometimes we kind of like let go and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just eat everything that's greasy and full of. Great stuff. Deliciousness. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just back to just wanting to feel much more active and, you know, mm-hmm. physically just on top of it. You know, what's interesting is that I find that how much like physical becomes part of the mental. Right. Oh, yeah. Like for sure. Because I, for me, it was really important Um like many years ago to get to the place where it's like when I work out it's less about like how I look but more about like how I feel yeah yeah, and so it's like my body responds different but also like my mind responds differently to like being physical and moving yeah and to the point where it's like now when I'm when I'm like I'm so tired I can't do anything even if I just dance for 20 minutes in my living room I just feel better because it's like I've let out like whatever it's almost like been trapped in my body from like sitting all day yeah. or whatever it may be. So yeah. I definitely think that there's a correlation between sure. the two. I, I feel like, you know, I completely agree with you. My, my parents always have this idea that whenever I'm like, you know, just the mindful, just mindful and mm-hmm. just healthier habits. Obviously, you know, as typical Latino parents, like, oh, my gosh, you're too skinny. Oh, my God, you're not eating. And recently I started telling him, it's like, it's not even about that. It's just when I'm active and when I'm working out, like when I feel like, you know, I'm lifting weights and I'm I'm just really active regularly and I'm just really uh, taking care of my body, yeah. like filling it with nutritious and, you know, good stuff. Yeah. I just feel better. Like yep. I just have more energy. I sleep better. I it's it's like my trainer says, like it's like this this youth kind of glow that comes around mm. because your body's taking all that in, like all yeah. those nutrients from good food, all that movement, your skin, you know, everything. So yeah. I mean, obviously trying to live a healthy lifestyle on and, and put it part as part of like your balanced life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it gets, sometimes it gets hard. Things get in the way, work, the holidays, travel. Um, but I feel like when when it's like coming back to like this detox of myself, it's like all right. So back to like these mindful ways of giving myself and my body uh, the care Some that love. it needs, like yeah. a lot of love. And I think that's why the episode today is so important because we want to take care of our physical body. We want to take care, you know, obviously like of our. Uh, you know of our body healthy from inside yeah but what happens when you're not healthy in other areas of your Mm -hmm. life you know no and you know it's interesting because there's this fitness professional that I follow on uh, Instagram that I'm sure a lot of you've heard about she's Dominican Masi Arias yes I love her she's jacked um, yeah she's like like she'll like post like workouts and i'm like girl who's doing that like what are you crazy? i'm trying i'm trying right? I'm like my body parts are connected i don't know what the heck yours are doing but um she has her story that like she basically beats 
like she claimed that her part of her story and her testimony is that like through fitness, she was able to overcome depression. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, she thinks about like what a dark place that she was in. So like where she is now and she's like this glowing beam of light mm-hmm. and love. And I think it's really, really amazing. And I think it also goes to show that like everyone needs something different. Right. And that, you know, her journey may not be the same as my journey, but right. I think, you know, this is definitely the year um, leading into like what we're talking about today. This is definitely the year where I think like all of us need to prioritize our mental. And part of that might be prioritizing the physical as well. It's really challenging. So I you think- You got to put in the work. In this yeah. world, it's a lot easier to get sucked into something negative. Right. Um, and so all that being said, you know, We've spoken about mental health a lot, about self-care, and obviously I've talked about my love for going to therapy, um, and so I'm, we're really excited about today's today's episode and today's guest, and if you've ever gone to therapy or you're considering it, I think that you will really, really love this conversation, mm-hmm. um, and even if you aren't, I think if you're anyone who's from a community that's maybe looked at like mental health as like a stigma. Right. This will also be something that has profound benefits for you and your loved ones. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's do it. So today we have Adriana Alejandre. She is a trauma therapist and counselor who specializes in dealing with PTSD, anxiety, depression, and all traumatic events such as homicide attempt survivors. She's also the host of Latinx Therapy, the acclaimed bilingual podcast that's highlighting the very important issues surrounding mental health and working actively to break the shame and stigma associated with mental illness, particularly in the Latinx community. On her show, you can learn self-help techniques, how to support ourselves and those around us that struggle with mental health realities. Adriana. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, this is um, long overdue. Yeah, we've been planning it or trying to make it happen for yeah. a while. But you know, I mean, you know, it feels like she's all, not even new to the podcast space because she's been killing it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she's, she's been doing so amazing. Killing Thank it. you. So like totally going to put you on blast. But one of the things that I love is that when I go to like the iTunes, iTunes is like new and noteworthy, but they also do categories, right? Mm -hmm. For the podcast. And it's very, very rare that you see people of color in that space. Um, particularly women of color. And our girl is definitely in that zone. And she is one of the few podcasts that get, gets highlighted for, I believe it's for like spiritual, is it spirituality or is it like self-care? Um, self-care. Okay. Thank you. And yeah, so I, yes. I saw that and I was just yes. so happy. Love it. I'm one of their bold women. Yeah. No way. That's yes. awesome. Amazing. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. So I want to definitely talk more about that, but I think first to start, can you just like, let us know a little bit about your journey and how did you get into Therapy, because girl, what I just read, it's like you deal with some heavy, heavy stuff on a regular basis. Real stuff. Yeah. So I have a very complex history. I'll give you, you know, the in a nutshell type of story. But I talk about this. I'm I'm pretty open about my journey. Um, What really, really got me into therapy is was my postpartum depression after I had my son in college after my first year as a freshman at UC Santa Barbara, I really went in the to this very, very dark place. And my Latinx parents, my monolingual Spanish-speaking parents, you know, they did the best that they could. They're like, let's go to the movies. Let's go outside and take a walk. They didn't know that I needed professional help. They knew something was off. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it And I was um, at home because I had taken a quarter off from school to have my baby and to learn motherhood. But I was also still going to um, school back home. So I decided to enroll in UCLA. So I still had a a lot of things going on and I was avoiding my emotions. And it wasn't until I got back to UC Santa Barbara, my home school, where a psychologist spoke to me during my office, uh, during office hours and kind of opened my eyes and let me know that I was struggling and going through postpartum depression. And the history that I had had with my son's father was pretty traumatizing. And it made sense that I would be in the position that I was in as a 19-year-old, a barely Mm 19-year-old. So um, I got into 
therapy at school and it was pretty helpful. I noticed that I was still dealing with that Latinx shame and that Latinx barrier to mental health. So that treatment was short term, but I decided to merge into the psychology field there because I really, that therapy experience, although it was brief, it opened my eyes to a lot from my childhood overall. Mm. And from there, psychology was super easy compared to the economics major that I was in. And human behavior just made total sense to me. So I pursued it. I excelled. I did really well. I, from my D's and fails, I went to A's and B's. Yeah. So that's truly where it started. And psychology, I knew would allow me the flexibility to be my own boss, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, It had many different fields that I could go into while, you know, being a mother, prioritizing motherhood for me. And I got licensed in 2000, early 2017. And what do you deal or what is it? What is your daily? What does your day look like? Like, what is it? What are the cases that you deal with? So I specialize in trauma and anxiety. Within trauma, I deal with survivors of sexual abuse, sexual assault, any type of crime, homicide, attempt survivors, anyone that has dissociation, PTSD, um, you know, refugees from other countries, all sorts of the, mm-hmm. the trauma spectrum. Right. Car accidents as well, because that can be traumatizing. Trauma, yeah, trauma, for sure. Yeah. Okay, but how? Like what you just named are the very things that most of us feel like we're going to run away from, right? Like those conversations are just too big, too intense, too dark to even begin. So how do you do that on a daily basis? And not just on a daily basis, but consistently throughout your day. You know, you may have four people who have very different traumatic stories. How do you mentally handle that type Mm -hmm. of workload? I've always been equipped for that. And if I really reflect on it, because I get asked this a lot, how do you do that? I believe that my childhood really prepared me for this because I was exposed to so much trauma uh, via my mom. She experienced complex trauma in Guatemala. She fled when she was 15 from a bunch of crime over there. And she didn't have the skills to raise, you know, the children that she had. And so she told us a lot of these traumatic incidents. I grew up with a lot of indirect trauma because of her. It was this intergenerational trauma that was instilled within me. So when I realized that I was going to specialize in psychology, I knew that I wanted to do trauma that was always my focus that that was always something that drove me and I was very passionate about and I guess it was because it was like home to me in a twisted kind of way but I knew how to help people that had trauma because my mom had experienced it and indirectly I had but you know, later on, I had my own experiences of trauma, not as severe as hers, but regardless. So to me, it's something that I'm comfortable with because I know it very, very well. Personally, I think you just clarified something for me because I think, um, you know, I have friends that do amazing work, whether they're social workers or um, therapists, and I'm always amazed by it. And a part of me feels like what I do is very shallow in comparison. And I'm amazed by what they're capable of dealing with on a daily basis and how they're able to leave things behind. And I'm just like a very sensitive yeah. spirit. I can't even watch a law and order sometimes without it like going to bed with me. Yeah, yeah. So you just saying that though was sort of almost like this sense of, oh wow, we really all are meant for something different. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, totally. and that we really all are, because this is absolutely like your path found yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, I can't teach. I don't have patience for little (laughs) ones. You know, I can't sell houses. Uh, There, you know, I applaud the people that do all sorts of other fields. I can't act as as well. This is mine. And there is no comparison in anyone else's passions or careers because we each have our own thing. Yeah. Um, And it's and it's so I mean, it's interesting as well, because you're talking about um, uh, dealing with with things that are real, right? Mm -hmm. Like with issues that are real, with things that people are experiencing, much like what Jess was saying, like sometimes like, oh, my gosh, what it is that I do compares. It's not even close to the real things that people have to deal with. 
is it easy for you to come home and disconnect from it and like yes yeah as soon as I walk out I'm mommy you know Mm. as soon as you know I I leave my office I'm ready for the next thing yes there are some times when some of my cases are really really heavy like the Las Vegas shooting incident that was such a hard time for me I experienced vicarious trauma which is secondary trauma through my survivors because I was running groups, support groups for all of them. I was doing individual sessions. I was doing it all, you know, trying to help the community because it hit us here in the San Fernando Valley in LA County. So I definitely did experience um, a lot of effects from that to the point where I had to experience my own therapy at that point. But what was so interestingly helpful was me going to Vegas. I had already had planned to be in Vegas the following weekend, right after the shooting. And I hopped on a roller coaster. And that a lot of um, professionals helped me realize that that roller coaster helped me to release all of these toxins, this stress that I had in me. I am severely afraid of roller coasters. So I was shaking and crying throughout the whole thing, but it was so therapeutic for me. And I needed that adrenaline rush to get everything out of me. And it worked. That worked for me. Everybody has their own thing. Mm -hmm. I needed that combination. Yeah, because that was my, my next question from that point of like, how do you come home, you know, with everything and like the therapy that you need sometimes as well and that you need to give yourself and that space to kind of for yourself to let go of a lot of these things and heal from a lot of your own personal things. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I definitely cannot do it without my own therapy um, for certain heavier topics, you know, something where I feel like, uh, like I really need to talk to somebody about, but I can't because of confidentiality, yeah. hop into therapy. Right. Right. God bless therapy. Listen, yes. I, 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 you guys need to like, seriously, we need to have, we need to talk about therapy, like for real, because well, it's that's been a, a great segue. Let's talk about therapy because I've, I've never, I think growing up, um, I was always, it was always thought of like, oh, you know, one people that have money go to therapy, Mm -hmm. right? Because, oh yeah, mom, I I can't sleep at night. Well, get it together and go to bed. Stop thinking about what you're thinking. You know, it's like as a kid or, you know, just different things. Like you say, from a car accident to something that can be um, severely tragic that just changes and alters the way your mind works. Lately, I think it was like last year, right? Jess, I... And for me to like reach out and be like, hey, can I can I get your therapist number? I felt so vulnerable because it was a part of me yearning for like maybe what this anxiety is, why I'm creating so much anxiety and I can't put my finger on it. I need someone else to do so and someone else to see it from their perspective. But it was like kind of like that taboo and like that topic that even myself as like as a professional, as an educated woman was still afraid to tap into yeah no I think um I mean I I I know you've had plenty of experience with this and I definitely want us to talk about that stigma that exists that um sense of the the idea that you're saying something is really wrong with you when you do go and seek someone um for you know your mental health I think also the the fact that so many of us are comfortable saying that we have physical ailments, but the moment that we mention any sort of mental ones, then we really, it's its almost like we've revealed the worst secret ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I know, Adriana, like that's a big part of why you started um, Latinx Therapy. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about like those responses that you've heard from people about why they haven't pursued therapy and, you know, your role in trying to help break the stigma? Yeah, a lot of the responses were truly like, I didn't know I can find a Latinx therapy. I didn't know. I didn't never had thought about going to a Latinx therapist or psychologist. So those responses were truly overwhelming. You know, Apple featured me within 24 hours of me launching on their platform. And so I received hundreds of emails just within the first week. Wow. Yeah. So from other people just saying like, I need services, I want services. And in terms of that stigma, many of those emails did mention, 
my mom had always said xyz about therapy or about mental health people in my culture don't believe it but i know i need it i need help um a lot of messages like that like where people are just ready and craving for services so with latinx therapy i have helped people get connected to the right fit whether that's a private therapist or a nonprofit, it just depends on someone's budget, right? Mm -hmm. So I really try to educate the community that you can't just go to, you know, the first therapist that you find. You re it's really all about finding the right fit mm. because otherwise you're going to, you might get turned off from therapy, especially living in the culture that we're living in. People are not educated about therapist because we're portrayed in a certain way on the in the media we're portrayed very dull very boring but truly you have to find the style that fits for you the theoretical orientation the treatment modality maybe if one therapist isn't trained in one thing your style is a whole other theory so mm. educating the people that reach out to us yeah. in that way and that's crazy because when we had yaddy on the show she mentioned this precisely mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she's like finding you know she was going with someone and she was like nope no connection no connection and there was something missing and then you know through like asking and stuff found someone that she's completely um you know vulnerable with and has been able to like cope with her stuff it's so. interesting because i've never shopped around for a therapist it's sort of been like someone who i find who accepts my insurance and can fit me mm. in their schedule um and i've seen two different ones over the past four years and the first one i found um you know, I, I found like she helped me, but I also wasn't sure what I was supposed to be getting from her. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to like, if she was supposed to push back, if she wasn't, you know, yeah. or what type of questions I was supposed to tell. Or even if, I guess, and also this is, could partially be in part of like being uh, like you're the Latin upbringing, like how much can I say, no, I don't agree with you or I actually don't think, yeah. you know, and so I remember speaking to one of my friends who is a therapist and after I told her like months after I left that lady and I was like, I don't know, it was a weird experience. She was like, well, you guys should have set your standards of what it was that you're looking for from the very beginning. Um, and again, I didn't, I'd never been to one. So I didn't even know that that was a conversation that could be had. And yeah. I'd wished, I was like, damn, I wish as the therapist, she would have sort of led me into that. So for people who want to shop around, what are some types of questions? I know you talked about, you know, modalities and, mm -hmm. and things like that. But what are other types of questions that people can ask to really figure out if this person's the right fit? Well, first off, I do want to say that I have uh, these frequently asked questions on the website, mm -hmm. latinxtherapy.com, in both English and Spanish. So people can refer to their uh, that site to get these questions. But Basically, you should be looking for a therapist or an agency that can offer free consultations and they can usually last around 10 to 30 minutes. It depends on the therapist or psychologist. And right there, it's really kind of like interview time. It's your opportunity to ask them whatever it is that you feel is necessary. First and foremost, you need to know why you're coming into therapy. What is it that you need help with? Or what is it that you want to uh, build skills upon? And see if that therapist specializes in that. That's very important because if you're seeking for someone that specializes in trauma, but the therapist doesn't specialize in trauma, then you're mm -hmm. in trouble. Mm -hmm. And there are therapists that do not specialize in trauma. That happens. Sometimes yeah. it's, it's a trigger for a therapist or maybe they just didn't get advanced training for it and are, are not comfortable for it. I do not see couples because I feel like therapists and psychologists need advanced training for that. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's it's very important to know what it is that you're seeking for. And that should be the first question. And then if they do specialize in what you're seeking for, do they accept your insurance? Are you are they in network or do they have um, the, the budget, the range that you're able to afford? And then if they do, you know, if you figure out that they accept your insurance or they accept the budget, do your schedules match? Mm -hmm. You can also go further and ask, how do they practice? What are they trained in? And what are those, what, what does that modality look like? And they should be able to explain what they're trained in. Right. And, and with that, um, I would love for you to also talk to us about uh, the podcast because it's been 
uh, it's directly related to what you do. It's directly related to yeah. to therapy, and it's been so successful. It's it's amazing to see you grow, and it's amazing to see you do all these great things. I mean, like, I mean, like more than ten thousand followers on just on Instagram. And how long? And since April. I mean, get it, girl. Damn, girl, that's amazing. Okay, thirteen K. Yeah, wow. like, not even ten. Thirteen K. Okay, for real. But thirteen point four. Oh, I love it. So, so yeah, it's 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 so amazing. Like it's. And, and it's amazing because you're doing such a valuable work. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. The podcast, I did not expect all of this attention. <laughs> uh, so it's been very overwhelming, but in a very positive way. It just shows, again, how much our community, our people have mm-hmm. been wanting to focus yeah. on their own mental health. Right. And I'm getting people from all sorts of generations. So even some older ones, mm-hmm. uh, older older people, parents, grandparents that do reach out to me. It's very, very few, but still it's it's hopeful i have many listeners who share the podcast with their parents the spanish episodes and i get all these videos and pictures and it's very heartwarming to see that the feedback is positive they love the episodes that's awesome (laughs) yeah and i love the fact that you do do the show in um in english and in spanish yeah. So that this way there's something for everyone in the community. Yeah, that's the goal. The goal was to target our parents, our grandparents, great grandparents, that it's accessible for everyone. The Spanish episodes are intentionally shorter because I know that, you know, our parents and up, they are usually on the go, 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 rush, mm. rush, rush. They don't want to really sit down and listen too much. Um, so they are a little bit shorter for that intention. What has been the most surprising feedback or perhaps the episode that really hit a chord um, within your audience? There's really so many. Um, The ones that have been getting a lot of feedback, the top three, I would say, is La Chancla. Mm -hmm. When La Chancla crosses the line in English, that one people really resonated and sent in their own personal stories of child abuse which was very impactful and um, very necessary to communicate with each person that shared their stories with us because it's it's awful. Yeah. It's awful what, what they've experienced. That one and then anxiety because everybody struggles with anxiety in some form or way. So that one was with Yesenia Reta from Florida. Mm-hmm. And... Honestly, my teen pregnancy story has gotten also a lot of positive feedback and other um, women that have shared with me that they became a single parent themselves at a young age and shared with me stories of how their parents treated them Mm. after their pregnancy. You know, what I think is really dope too and, and regarding the show is the fact that You know, you'll talk about something like anxiety, which is a universal um, topic. Mm -hmm. But then La Chancla and when like La Chancla crosses the line. And I think not to say that kids of all cultures haven't been spanked, but the Chancla is like a very culturally specific uh, item. And so something like that is you can have these sort of universal ideas, but you make them very specific for the community so that people can relate and connect to that. Yeah, super important. We've been requested to do a when God and therapy are both okay. So we're working on that as well. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, I love, love that, that so yeah. much. We need to just demystify all of these yeah. topics in our culture that we've been, that have been passed down from generations because we're in the 21st century. We're done with that. Mm-hmm. We can take care of our mental health and not be seen as lazy. We can take care of our mental health and also go to church Absolutely. if you choose to. Yeah. It's all okay. I love that. Well, love- that's, that's for me is like I've been like working on my meditation and one of my friends told me she's like as soon as you get better with your meditation I promise you you will be better with praying and because it is it's like what are the two things that are the hardest to focus on anytime when you're in silence and meditation and prayer are both moments of contemplation they're moments of stilling your mind your body Mm -hmm. you know it's just like that for me is the fact (laughs) that we keep them in these very different worlds doesn't actually make sense and it doesn't benefit any of us yeah. In the long run. Yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. 
So we want to continue to highlight uh, all of you listeners and who are become who've become part of our family and part of this beautiful community that we're trying to build with Wait Hold Up. And we love to hear from you guys. We love your messages. Uh, we love everything that you share with us on all our social media platforms. And of course, we love your reviews because we get some beautiful messages from you and of course when we get better reviews we get featured more and we love to see that so uh without further ado we would love to give a shout out to la mariposita uh, who sent this beautiful uh message and it says thank you for the uplifting empowering space you are creating it has been such a ray of light to have come across your podcast as a latina doing some much needed deep healing and self-work y'all have come at such a perfect timing in my life and for that i am so grateful to you we are grateful for you mariposita thank you so much for the love this one made our day for sure uh we're grateful for your comment and grateful for your uh, also being part of this space and for all of you that want to leave us a comment and would love to be featured and like uh, this shout out area that we have uh leave us these messages and these comments on all our social platforms Um, you know, and speaking of anxiety, something that I'd mentioned to you that I want to talk about before we got on the show um, and that I'm really interested in is talking about imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's This is a topic that I've definitely spoken about with other, you know, career-oriented women, but it's really important for me. Obviously, you're super career-oriented and very business savvy, but it's also really important for me to talk about it with you as a, you know, mental health experts because I think that we sometimes don't get to the bottom root to the root of what imposter syndrome is where it stems from what it is that we're dealing with and what we're toiling with so um, for those of you who don't know what imposter syndrome is I don't have like the Miriam Webster's (laughs) dictionary um, definition but my understanding of it is basically being in a circumstance and feeling as if you're an imposter in that situation so let's say you get a new job you feel as though you are not equipped you're not adept at being able to hold that position maybe you become a new mom and it's just like I don't belong here I'm not right for this somebody else should do this it's a sense of feeling like you're never good enough for where you're at that's, that's my understanding. That's perfect. That's exactly right. And what the dictionary says as well. Boom. Miriam what's <laughs> up in here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You, theirs was not as elaborate as yours. <laughs> theirs was just like Step feeling like you're like an imposter. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, let me just tell you, side note, in school, we were told to never use the word in the definition. And honestly, the dictionary does that all, all the, the time. time. It's so you. annoying. It's so annoying. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Yeah, so imposter syndrome is something also pretty universal as well in all cultures, but it's not spoken about because if you speak about it, then it makes you more vulnerable, so Mm -hmm. people think. But it stems from anxiety. Imposter syndrome is another form of anxiety, just manifested in this way. And it's more focused on what you don't know. Versus what what you actually know. What you don't know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When That's you're in like, that mindset, yeah. you're just hyper-focused on what, what you, you don't, don't know. know. All right. your doubts. So the problem is imposter syndrome is getting worse and worse because many people are relying on their online presence. Mm. And so it is creating this like wall of actual imposter syndrome because people are not being as authentic through their online presence people leave out a lot of moments from their life, hence making, in a way, their mental health a little bit worse. Wow. I can totally understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find like a lot with the conversations that I've had with um, individuals, and actually one of my girlfriends and I were talking about this recently, is also the sense of like now we're finally at an age where we're moving up in our careers. Mm -hmm. So it's like maybe we're no longer the assistants anymore or, you know, on a junior level. And so now really the responsibility does fall into our laps. And this sense of, oh my God, I don't know who pushed me up the ladder, but they need to go back and check my resume mm. because are they sure they want me to be res- like responsible for all this? Are they yeah. sure they want these people reporting me? Do they want me to talk to that, to the CEO? Are you yeah, crazy? Yeah. You know, and so I relate heavily to the idea that you focus on what you don't have or what you don't know. Yeah, and there's also this idea that you have to sell yourself aggressively while being also authentic. 
So that makes it harder mm. because you fumble yourself out. You psych yourself out of it. Yeah. People just have to let go of that mentality. You do not have to sell yourself aggressively because you are chosen because of you. But do you not? Because white men sell themselves aggressively all the time. Yeah, but that's them. But I know. But this is <laughs> this is the world that they're thriving in. So yeah. like, how do we compete if we're not? And I agree, being aggressive isn't, it doesn't come naturally to me. So I think right. in what you're saying, it wouldn't come across as authentic, mm-hmm. right? And so then in somewhere along the lines, I would get caught in this like, ugh, I'm not being me. I've got to put on this facade. Yeah, That's yeah, like yeah. not my style. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. like shit on people to get to the top. Um, but it is one of those things where it's like, also, what are the rules of the game that we're playing? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's very customized, right? Per situation, unfortunately, because I see it in two ways. Imposter syndrome, where you actually do have to sell yourself maybe in an interview or, you know, you're trying to pitch something, an idea. So yes, there is that selling aspect of it. But if you put yourself in that position, it's because... You got this. Mm. Or it's so new that it's no wonder why you have anxiety. It's so new. You're you're going to have a healthy level of anxiety. Just follow through with it. That's right. And then there's another type of imposter syndrome. And I'm just creating this right now. So I I don't really have... um, a I'm formal sure name. there's someone who's going to be listening who's going to be like, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> or it might be me. So we'll see where this goes. <laughs> so this other imposter syndrome is when you've already been handed a position. You've already been handed the pitch, the contract, and you're in. You, you're set to give a speech. You're in 100%. But then you freak yourself out in that moment. And you're like, yeah. can I even do this? Oh, my gosh, I'm a fraud. And they're going to find out that I'm a fraud. They're going to read my entire book and they're going to realize that I actually know nothing about this topic. But that's just your anxiety. You're just in rumination mode, spiraling negatively inside. It's not true. Okay, so like I said, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Or that was me um, for a good couple months, uh, a couple months ago. So I feel like... But you feeling that it was because of the skills that you were lacking? or No, no. it was, I mean, almost as if she was reading my freaking diary, (laughs) is all I'm going to say. But it felt very much like I'm already here. I've arrived. I've got the job and but they're gonna find out they're gonna find out that they hired the wrong one they're gonna person they're gonna find out that um I'm you know I I actually am not as good as as they think I am not even like as I think I am but as as good as they think I am they're gonna just they're gonna figure me out and fraud is literally the word I used to talking to my parents talking to my boyfriend about I was like I feel like I they're gonna find out I'm a fraud and I would be there, there were times where I'd be moved to tears just because I was so anxious and so scared that something that seemed too good to be true, it was like it was about to be ripped from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my brain was in heavy rumination mode. And just, you know, so I was like, Jessica, you are here for a reason, you know, and just a lot of like those those talks where I just had to like treat myself like a, like una niña like mm-hmm. it's okay you're where mm-hmm. you belong yeah. you're good but it was my the most intense feeling of imposter syndrome I've ever felt in my entire life how's your heart beating right now fast Let's take yeah, a deep yeah, breath yeah, yeah, right? yeah, she was like <laughs> I was like damn girl you hit that spot no worries. <laughs> yeah, there just, you uh, just yeah, breathe. There you go. But Adriana, yeah. this was not supposed to be my therapy session. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tickled the point. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, I appreciate it. I want to be as authentic with everybody on the show as possible. But and yeah. and yeah, and that's. I mean, you know what you know, and that's really what's gonna be your driving vessel to your success. I cannot be out there pretending to be a couples therapist when I'm not because Mm -hmm. then I'm really going to be a fraud and it's not going to feel good and it's not going to look good really in any way. So you cannot pretend to be something you're not. Be who you are. And right now, just, you know, as a person of color, people of color out there are really, really doing a lot of great things, innovative new things in the in many different fields. Like Latinx therapy is one of them, right? It was super new, but it is you cannot let imposter syndrome be a barrier towards any idea that you have, because this is our time. 
This is truly our time right now. And do you feel that it's it's just it happens only in terms of like the professional aspect of our lives or does it happen or can it happen in other aspects like personal and in terms of imposter syndrome? Yeah. No. Yeah. It can happen in in any 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 form, any age, really. But children do not developmentally see it or call it imposter syndrome. But yes, it could be in any. Okay. I'm curious because, um, you know, the first time that we met you was at a We All Grow event when Yarel and I were on a panel yes. um, talking about podcaster, uh, podcasting and how to start. And you and I spoke afterwards. Yes. And um, uh, and you were in the, interested in starting a podcast, but sort of not sure. And, and I believe, and I might be misremembering, but there was something along the lines of like, do people need what I have to offer? That's right. right. Yes. And I was just like, girl, like you are holding out on a whole bunch of people who need your voice, who need your expertise. And um, A, clearly I was right. But B, yes. <laughs> do you feel like that was a moment of imposter syndrome for you where you felt like you had already been working with clients for so long but this would be amplifying your voice and you were afraid of taking that next step? Yeah, for sure. Um, Definitely. I know at that time it was 2018. Mm -hmm. So in December 2017, I had been studying to become a podcaster because that's how bad my anxiety gets. I have to hyper prepare. Mm -hmm. And I had finished my course around that conference time and I didn't know my worth I didn't know that what I had was good enough as you had mentioned earlier Um, I didn't think the community would reciprocate well it was all these fears that I was stirring up inside and I just had to do it your words helped me you told me you are doing your community a disservice that was verbatim what you had said to me and I held on to that and I was like okay I'm just gonna record and do it because that was the next step I was already prepared I had the equipment I had everything I had my master's degree my license I was ready but it was just my own wall that wasn't letting me go through and I'm glad I did it right because the community yeah reciprocated really well but this is just just one example of, of how, and, and I'm sure many people resonate with this type of anxiety where people are just like, no, not good enough. Yeah. I can't do it. Who's going to listen to me? It doesn't matter, yeah. really. Yeah. As long as you're doing it from the heart, somebody's going to find it and get help from it. For real. And I think that also goes to like community and, and you know, being vulnerable because you were vulnerable enough to say, I don't know. I don't know if, if they, they need this. And damn, I don't remember I, that I said those words to you. I was a little That's tough, but I'm glad you accepted yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God, I know, right? So I wasn't, like, I wasn't that are. gentle. I was just like, you're doing your community a disservice. Jeez. <laughs> um, well, um, I sound like my you dad You moved your there. head like that too. I, know, I did. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a head, head yeah, move. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I have it as a gif. <laughs> In your mind. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, A, I'm super thrilled by that. And I just think that... That for me, what that also reminds me of and for everyone listening is the idea of like if there's something that you're living with right now that you're just allowing your anxiety to destroy inside of you, find that one person who you know is going to be someone who A, will will take care of your secret or your thoughts and will be respectful of that time and energy that you have because I don't think you should just say it to anybody. I think you should be very mindful about who you're going to. Um, But speak out and say your truth and say what it is that your heart desires because I think that, you know, darkness loves to keep your treasures, but it's so much more important if we bring them to the light. Definitely. Yes. Ooh, okay. Let me write that one down. <laughs> You're so deep right now. I know. What's going on? <laughs> it's because my heart is racing. It's what Adriana does to me. Ooh, I think she's I'm sweating. sweating. She's sweating. I, know, I see your arm. I know, right? I'm like, <laughs> she's like, uh, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, take it from me. We need a deodorant me. sponsor <laughs> for the show. <laughs> That's well, awesome. Before we wrap up, we have a new segment called How Do You Self Care? We're going to probably get a jingle for that. Yes, we should. With our singing skills. (laughs) But we want to know, how do you self-care? What does self-care look like to you? Um, Well, like I mentioned to you before I got here, I took a nap. 
So I definitely like to nap. I need that. I think I, I definitely recharge because I do so much during my day, um, both mentally and physically. So I, I need that. I need downtime. I really just love watching my Grey's Anatomy on Thursdays. I love watching all my Chicago PD, all my Chicago shows. Um, just taking my mind out of reality, really. Mm-hmm. That's super helpful. Yeah. Besides therapy, of course, because that's too real. And sometimes I just I do need to avoid that part. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, my self-care is truly making sure I'm fed, making sure I'm well, well rested and I have my boundaries. So so I'm not doing anything in excess, anything extra for anyone else who I don't want to mm-hmm. do something for. It's also okay. kind of funny that your um, your shows are all like trauma based shows. <laughs> like, yeah, love, um, I know. I was about I to say, I was just like, Chicago PD. Chicago. I'm like, whoa, Grey's okay. Anatomy. Yeah. It's like yeah. oh, nothing like a Tri- good ER trip yeah. to really just <laughs> calm me down. down. <laughs> Right. Um, and um, where do people like for someone that, that's listening to this uh, episode and, you know, wants to know, wants to not only maybe or, or, or look out for you, but is just has that in the back of their mind. Like maybe I should seek for someone. Maybe I should. Where do they go for help? Where do they find out? What's the first step? Well, definitely, I would suggest going on our website, www.latinxtherapy.com and select the therapist directory and search. You know, I I put up a bunch of filters for people to, you know, uh, search for professionals that specialize in specific things. Imposter syndrome is there. English speaking anxiety, you know, because Mm -hmm. some of our people also struggle with that. So you can definitely go there. Um, And also if you have insurance and you need to use, use your insurance, then calling your network directly so that they can give you the correct list of therapists within your network and radius. Awesome. Yeah. And so you said your website, but you're also on social media. You're Latinx therapy as well, correct? Yes. Latinx therapy. With their 13.4 follower. Thousand. I was a a million, but I'm just, (laughs) you know, calling it, making it happen. Thousands of followers. Love it. Yes. Yes. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Well, I know that you also have the way that you do your episode, your show is in seasons. So can you let everybody know what season you're on and what's coming up and what they can expect to listen for? Yes. So I just decided that mid season this season that I was going to do themes. But right now we're kind of in like an adult, again, very adult general theme Mm -hmm. season. Uh, I don't have a name for it. I probably will at the end of it. And I know that in March, children's mental health season is going to be starting up. So if you were a child, which everybody was, and if you have children and or your parents, you are parents, then um, that's going to be, you know, the season for you where we're going to talk about trauma as infants. We're going to talk about how to talk to your kids about sex, all sorts of good stuff. Amazing. Cool. This is so awesome. Well, we are so excited that you joined us. I'm glad we finally were able to make this work. And we're super proud of you and everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Can I leave you all with an imposter syndrome tip? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so this is a writing tip that I definitely suggest. It's super quick, but for anyone struggling with that, you can write for 30 minutes the most insane things about yourself, and you're not going to show anybody this. You're just going to write the most ridiculous beliefs, your most terrible thoughts of yourself as as the biggest fraud, okay? Write gibberish if you think it's crazy. It doesn't matter. Push into the deepest taboos that you hold, and... Do what you want with this paper afterwards. You can cut it up. You can throw it away, but do something therapeutic for yourself because the whole intention of this is to externalize these thoughts. You cannot maintain these thoughts inside you anymore. You need to release them somehow. Just like how you were saying earlier, talk to someone. Mm -hmm. For sure. Perfect. That was great. Thank you. With that note. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So love her. Oh, yes. Love I, her, love I, her. I, she is amazing. And I love I love that we can have these conversations. Yeah. You know, where I felt curious about it. Yeah.
Dude, I never even knew that that was a possibility. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's weird because it's almost like I, there's this part of me that's like, but I'll feel bad if I tell them they're not right for yeah, me. Yeah, 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 right. Like, and it's like, what? And that has nothing to do right. with that. It's literally right. about, like, finding the right match so that right. someone can help you. Yeah. And, and it also helps them, I think, if they're working with someone who's specialty or in, in an area that they feel comfortable in. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And I, you know, I think there's just for me what I really love about what Adriana's doing is that there's such a void in this type of work in our community, mm -hmm. and I love that she's received so many responses and people have been and it so, shows Jess. Like, oh it my just gosh, shows for how, sure. I mean, for her to have thousands and thousands of followers on Instagram in like in less than a year, that shows that there is such a void, a, yeah, a void, and yeah. there's a need in our community for it. Um, amongst young people, you know, uh, people of color that yeah. is, it's, again, it's like a stigma that we kind of don't even talk about, or it's not, it's not even a, a subject of conversation yeah. in so many communities and in, in our, in our families that it just shows that it's like, okay, this is a subject that we want to know more about. Right. And that we need. Right. No, for, and I mean, like the fact that like the, her episode, La Chancla, when, when it crosses the line has been one of like the one that sparked, I guess, like the most debate. It's really yeah. interesting because I think we don't even think about all these like, um, cultural elements that are actually super problematic. It's just sort of like, oh, but that's just how it is. That's yeah, tradition. That's yeah, the yeah. way that I grew up. Right. You know, and it's almost like a joke. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Chancla is like a running, like joke in the community right. and it's like right. actually like there can be a line that's crossed and it can and it's called child abuse right um so it's just i i think like there's just so much to learn um if you don't already listen to her podcast i we highly highly recommend you tuning yes, in yes yes you know i think it's something for everyone i love that she has episodes in spanish episodes in english she's very conscious of like her community and who's tuning in Absolutely. and what needs are there also i'm just amazed and so impressed by like the work um mm. the emotional labor that goes right, into that right right if i can barely deal with my emotions sometimes <laughs> you know dude <laughs> seriously like serial yeah seriously like, I'm, yeah it, imagine her like the load that she takes on yeah. you know and like yeah. the the work that she's doing trying to help out like just like really to serve and yeah. to be helpful to others it's it's amazing it's amazing and it's beautiful and she has some really really cool topics coming up like the one that she was telling us about like religion and like spirituality with yeah them. Like, i want to hear that yo one. give it to me seriously give it to seriously. me because i consider myself a somewhat you know religious person and um believe in like a higher being and have a relationship with this higher being but it's like this these conversations of where you know it, it intertwines with like oh spirituality and candles and uh, and this other space that we also yeah, really the take moon in. and the like moon it becomes and, like and taboo like therapy yeah and all these other subjects that are important it's like I, I was like give it to me already <laughs> yo i know for real so definitely look out for that so as promised, we told you guys we would be answering listener questions. Preguntame, preguntame. Yes, moving forward. <laughs> so we have a question from that we received on our Instagram from Daisy Isamari. Or Daisy. Hi, Daisy. Is, is a Mary. Or Daisy Isamari. I don't know. Anyway, Daisy. <laughs> Daisy. <laughs> We're try, well, I tried multiple ones at you. <laughs> um, so Daisy asked, what was the hardest thing you had to deal with to be where you are now with your careers. Mm. I think actually this mm. question goes really well with this episode. Yeah. Because mine's twofold and I'll be brief. But I think recently it's like what we mentioned earlier in the episode, imposter syndrome. Definitely um, in order for me to embrace that I am where I'm supposed to be, that I am the right person for the job. It has been overcoming this severe amount of doubt um, and lack of confidence that I've experienced and my mind telling me what I'm that I'm incapable of something when in reality I am more than capable and God has placed me where I am for a reason so I think that's the recent one um, the other more practical tangible one I think was for so long just feeling like I didn't know where to begin. So in a sense, not necessarily even starting. Um, 
and not asking more questions and like trying to get a mentor, um, you know, taking, I just felt like there was a while where I was just sort of taking any job and mm -hmm. I should have been a little bit more specific and mm -hmm. focused on mm -hmm. what it was that I really wanted. Um, and fortunately, I believe that your path finds you and where you're yeah, meant to be, you I know, will you will be. Right. And so I think while it might have taken me a little bit longer, I genuinely do believe that I'm where I am supposed to be. So just trust that even if you're not, if you feel like you're not taking the right steps, um, you will stumble across your path and be like, damn, how did I end up here? Yeah. And for me, it's like always oh, it turns back to God. Right. What about you? Um, you know, there's, there's a few, but I'm going to, talk about one in particular just because we hear it a lot in you know in acting and music and it's the idea of rejection right like how many people go to these auditions and it's rejection after rejection they don't fit the part and it happens a lot too in like media and television um I remember a time when I was in Miami and I and I went to a casting or I went to a meeting for a show that I was really excited about like I was pumped I'm like this is for me this is for me. Like, I know it. And I went back to all the callbacks and I went back to like mm. all the meetings with everybody, met with everybody. And you know, this only pumps you up even more yeah. because it's like, oh, you have a meeting with so-and-so and then have a meeting with this person. And then, and, and then you're doing another casting and then you're doing photos. Ooh, then it's like, it's mine. It's mine. Mm -hmm. It's mine. And you want to even already tell the world, right? I remember telling my parents about it and the day comes around and then they tell me that, you know, the job that I, I did not fit the part. Right. Mm -hmm. The look that they wanted the and even that my look was not helpful to that other person that I was going to be sharing mm -hmm. this. But in, in, in the in the way of as like it's 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 your fault that you look this way. Right. It's your fault that you look young. It's your fault that you look, you know, that you make this person look old, old, <laughs> pretty much. That's what they told me, which also they didn't realize that in the thousands of rounds that they right. had you right, right, right. Like, going to through to pull yeah, you along. Pull me right. Along, right? So I'm like, okay, so th the fact that I make this person look old is my fault. Okay. Mm. All right. So I remember I was so devastated. I mean, I was so sad. Like that feeling of like heartbreak, right? And I went into the car and started crying mm. and, and I called my parents. And you know, what do parents do, right? I think my mom like cursed everybody out and like my dad was no nada. nada. <laughs> like you know, everything you could think about, like my mom was, and then my dad was being much more rational and like, you know, tranquila, like, you know, it, 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 things will come around, like, and me being so adamant, like just so, I, it's so, you know, like we say like terca and stubborn that it was going to be for me. And I, and I knew that it was going to be for me and I was so upset and disappointed. And that lasted for a few days. Mm. Come back to like the meditation God being like having that connection of some something telling me like, you know, lo que está para ti está para ti. Y lo que no, o sea, lo que está para ti nadie te lo quita. That saying of mm. like, you know, y lo que está para ti, it's going to come to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that idea of like, you know, it happens so much in media. You propose things. You want to get that show. You want to be featured here. You want to do this story. No, 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 it's not good enough. No, not right now. No, it's not going to happen. It happens daily. At that scale, it hop, you know, it, it happens to a lot of us in, ter in terms of like all oh, these yeah. ideas and these shows. And then I remember being like, you know what? After a few days of crying and wanting to, you know, like go crazy and I'm quitting, I'm quitting yeah, but, and yeah. this sucks and I'm leaving the city and blah, blah, blah. Um, I had like an epiphany in me like, you know what? It, it wasn't for me. Mm. It just wasn't for me. And finding out that they gave it to another girl, a girl that I knew what that was my friend and that feeling of like am I going to be a hater and be like oh whatever yeah she's yeah. gonna you know I would have done a better job or am I gonna rise above it and be like you know what yeah she fits the profile she's gonna do a great job and this is wasn't for me because I, I I'm pretty sure that maybe three weeks in I wasn't gonna like it there was gonna be something that I wasn't gonna be happy mm -hmm. with I'm probably gonna be miserable throughout this time you know uh time goes around and yeah Half of the things that like the show was about, 
I would have never done. Yeah. I would have been completely against it. Listen. And a few mm-hmm. and a year later, it was the, the show wasn't even on air anymore. Wow. So, you Listen, know, rejection is God's protection. I totally yes. believe yes. that. I totally believe that. Y lo que está para ti, está para ti. Yep. You know, and it's like as much as aunque te pongas, aunque te quites, it's for you. It's meant to be for you. Will be in your path. Will will come full we'll circle. Find you, yeah. I a few a few months after that, I got this job. I got I mean, I was already in talks with this with Univision and like I got this job and it was like maybe that would have never happened if I would have if that would have you know if I would have stuck there and I would have been bitter and upset and caused a scene and God knows what else and it's like the idea of rejection that's something mm. that comes around and we need to learn you know because it happens in life too all the time all the time um, and it, when it happens at this scale when you're dealing with like television and your look and the way you sound and the way you speak right it does something to your spirit mm. it really does. So being, you know, for me, learning that and applying that now with everything that I do has been like a life-changing lesson. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. Um, Daisy, I hope, yeah, I hope Daisy. that, you know, thank you for your question. <laughs> right. And I hope that, you know, these answers lived up to your expectations. Yes. Uh, and if you have a question that you want to send Yere and myself, and it can really be about anything, it doesn't have to be career-related, really, Pick your poison. Um, please send it to us. Either you could DM us um, at Wait Holds Up Pod or you can email us waitholdsuppodcast at gmail.com. And that note, y'all, I think we're, we are about to sign out. Yeah, we're wrapping it up. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you so much to Adriana from Latinx Therapy for joining us, for dropping her gems and her wisdom. We really, really appreciate it. And we hope to see you guys right here next week. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, at Wade Holds Up Pod. And, you know, leave us a review on iTunes. S'il vous plaît. Oh, what? Oh, she tried oh, yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Wait, hold